Hi, welcome to Stride. We're a free network for women who are starting their career or changing their career. As well as hosting this podcast, we share articles and advice on our website, and we hold quarterly meetups with panel discussions, speed mentoring, and networking. At least we will when the coronavirus restrictions on London are lifted. When you're starting a career, whether you've known what you want to be since you were little or if you're just figuring it out, there can be so many things to navigate. Sometimes it's hard to know what questions to ask, especially if you're the first person in your family to take a new career path. That's where Stride comes in. We seek out inspirational, successful women across a range of fields and ask them about their experiences so you can learn about the challenges and highlights of different industries. Whether you want to be an author, a lawyer, a doctor or a plumber, we've spoken to someone who can inspire and empower you. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Hi everyone, I'm Sophie and today I'm excited to introduce you to Ashley Wilmot. Ashley is a Royal Holloway graduate with a Bachelor of Arts in English and Drama and after graduating she worked on a cruise ship in the entertainment team before spending a year in Thailand teaching English and Drama. When she returned from Thailand three years ago Ashley decided to invest more time in her career and studied journalism and this led her to roles in BBC Radio, getting to travel abroad with work and she's now a broadcast assistant at Sky Sports where she's worked on projects like the Netball World Cup World Darts Championships, Women's Sick Nations, and more. Thank you, Ashley, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm so pleased to be on your podcast. I am in awe of anyone who works with television and has a whiff of celebrity about them. It seems so glamorous. <laughs> oh, it's not. It, it really isn't. <laughs> You'll soon find out. Well, I would love it if you could start by just breaking down for us what a broadcast assistant does. I love my job. I love being uh, an assistant to the production team. Um, Every day is so different. And when people do ask me that question, I'm always like, where do you want me to start? Because there's just so many things to cover. But to give you a brief overview of what I do, I work in the rugby team at Sky Sports. um, And my role is to assist on the production of our programmes. So, for example, I mainly work with rugby so when we've got a fixture at the weekend pre-lockdown when we actually did have rugby and um, when we oh, have those were the days <laughs> I, know, I know I'm reminiscing about my job um so <laughs> when we have a, a fixture at the weekend it'll be our job to help find content and create content for the show so for example that might be organizing shoots with athletes or people involved with the program We'd work with camera people. We'd work with different content teams trying to master up ideas to make sure that we were going to bring our programme to life. Um, So when you're watching sport, if you're watching, doesn't matter what sport, rugby, football, boxing, they'll start with an opener, which is kind of to build the atmosphere. It's to bring the fixture to life. And when I say an opener, it's, it's kind of like a montage of footage with grabs and this, that and all the rest. And then we'll also do features So that could be when you're sitting and watching the build up to a fixture, they might have a sit down feature with an athlete talking about the week of training that they've just had. Or there might be a particular story that we cover that week and we will sit down, we'll organise that shoot. We'll then sit with an editor and we'll help to actually produce a shoot. We'll find the footage, we'll find archive footage and we'll put it into a piece and we'll visualise a piece. And we might sit and talk with our team about how we want that particular piece to look like. Um, and yeah, we work with people to get that done. So that's kind of like on the build up of a programme. 
my job also is to do the analysis. So when you're watching a rugby game, I'll be in one of these trucks, which are full of different television screens. I think sometimes you'll see them on the telly, like on news programs, when the people behind the scenes are looking at loads of different screens. I'll be in there doing all the analysis clips. So the producer will be buzzing through to me and saying, Ashley, I want to look at England's defence. We're going to talk about England's defence at halftime. So it's my job to watch the programme, watch the output and clip up different examples of it. Um, wow, no pressure. Yeah, I mean, it's oh, it's loads of pressure, but that's why I love it, because I love that like live environment. We're up against a tight deadline. And it could be that we're, you know, there's like, obviously, each half is like 40 minutes. We could be 30 minutes in, and then the producer says, oh, I want this. And you're like, oh, God. So I've got to, at the same time as getting these clips t- together, I've got to log them. So just with time codes, just so I, I can keep track of an example of, all these different things within a game. So we do that for half time and full time. We also do replays. This is, it depends on what job you've got on the day, but I might also be put on replays. So if someone scores an amazing try, then we have to scroll through and find all these amazing angles to reflect that. And then, yeah, there's loads of different things that happen in that crazy truck. But my job is not just that. I've also done like some floor managing bits on the odd occasion. So I've done a bit of presenting, but I help also if we don't have a program, you know, it's our job to keep our social media platforms running. It's our job to help with podcasts and that's recording them, producing them, um, making sure that we have a version for all of our different platforms. So YouTube, uh, our on-demand service, Instagram, all of these different things uh, that we help with. But there's just so much to it. Like it's, it's mad. It sounds like a really exciting job. Like you say, the variety must be incredible. I think that's always why I was drawn to working in television and in radio, because I just thought I get to meet all these amazing people all the time. and I'm so grateful to be in that position. I get to rub shoulders with, like you say, like these celebrity figures. But I actually get to speak to them and I get to know them on a personal level and gain their trust and interview them. And yeah, it's opened up loads of doors. And I just think doing something that you love and doing something different every day I'm just always learning something new especially at the start of my career it's just yeah like when I started last year at Sky it was an absolute whirlwind I had no idea what I was doing (laughs) and I was just walking through the newsroom or walking through our office and I'd see these huge names walking through and I was like what how is this my job I'd be texting my parents like you will never guess who I just walked past (laughs) <laughs> so yeah it, it took a, a long time for that feeling to sink in that sounds genuinely really amazing <laughs> yeah how did you go from your work in the entertainment team on the cruise ship to like transitioning into media what was that like yeah this is a weird one to be honest so I finished university and like many people who finish uni they still don't quite know even though you're supposed to know what you want to do I still had no idea I knew that I wanted to be in a live environment. I knew I liked performing and I knew I liked writing and talking and getting to know people. And I just, I still wasn't sure. Um, so I decided to go on a cruise ship um, to Australia. So that wasted a bit of time. <laughs> I did that for six months and then came home. Still wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but I knew that I ticked that off my to-do list, my bucket list, and uh, decided to then go to Thailand to teach and did that for probably another year in Koh Samui. And then I came home and I just thought, 
to be honest, I came home in like August and I thought to myself, right, I want to start my career and I think I know what I want to do. Because in when I was working in Koh Samui, I was in contact with a man there who used to work for the BBC and he was running an island radio station. Mm-hmm. So I actually got my own Saturday breakfast program where I'd interview. Wow. Yeah, so I interviewed people around the island about what they did and I uh, got to know everyone well not everyone it was a small island to be fair but not quite everyone but I got to know a lot of people in the community just from doing that so that was like a really nice focus and I think I did student radio as well so I knew that I was really interested in that particular like media world so I came home and I was researching and looking up what to do and like how how do you possibly get into that world when you don't know anyone um, and I saw I think I might have reached out to one person I knew that worked for a local paper. Um, and she said to me, oh, I did my journalism qualification at Highbury in Portsmouth. So I looked up their courses and a week before, I think you were meant to apply like six months before this course started. But a week before I rung them and I said, look, is there any chance that I can start the course next week? And they said, yeah, I don't know how. I don't know how, but I managed to get on that course. Um, amazing so serendipitous I know it was a bit and um at the time I was broke I had no money I had to take out an adult learner I think it was an adult learner loan or something something along those lines but I knew I wanted to invest and I thought I just thought it's gonna it's gonna pay off it's gonna be worth just cracking on for a bit so I got my NCTJ I did a basically I did a five-month full-time course in journalism got my NCTJ gold standard with 100 words per minute we had to learn shorthand which was the bane of my life it's an absolutely ridiculous skill but a skill that is so useful to have so came out of that and while I was studying I was kind of reaching out to other places I knew it was radio at the time it was radio I thought radio would be um, more accessible because I just I had loads of dead ends when it came to telly um and I sent emails after emails after emails and it wasn't like BBC I think they do like an internship or they do stuff like that they give like where they give people um opportunities but I was going a bit rogue and off piece shall we say so I sent emails to the managers to also to presenters playing on their heartstrings a bit <laughs> um, just saying I'm really keen to just get any experience possible that paid off and one of the presenters at BBC Radio Solent got back in touch and said, you know, if you want, you can come. She was doing the Saturday breakfast show and she said, you can come and just listen in for the, to the last hour of my show. And I remember it clear as day. I was so excited when the email came through. I was like, I finally, I like, I, I've got my foot in the building because I thought if none of these emails come back to me, I'm just going to go into all of these radio stations and just say, please give me a job like, <laughs> or please help me at least build my experience. So that's what I did. I went in one Saturday. I just sat next to her while she was doing the desk, while she was producing this, uh, sorry, presenting this live program. And she turned to me at the end of it. And I remember her saying, you don't look like you're going to get in the way. And I was, I was like, well, that's, I, I thought that, that's a nice thing to say, I think. And what she, a compliment. <laughs> All I'd done basically was just sit there, was really quiet. And she said, do you want to come back every week? And I thought, um, yeah, yes, please. So that's what I did. I, I went every Saturday morning while I was um, still doing my journalism qualification. I went every morning and her show started at 6 a.m. So I was up at 5 a.m. to get there at 6. Wow. And I'd sit with the producer and she taught me how to do that job, basically. And then the producer went on maternity leave and I stepped in and I covered as a freelancer. So that was how I managed to get my foot in the door there. 
And then a full-time job came up a few months later. And yeah, I was then helping to produce the breakfast show. So it was, yeah, it was great. It's just incredible how proactive you were (laughs) in going after those opportunities and also just the sheer dedication of getting up so early when you're studying and yeah. you know, you've had other stuff on your plate. That's really impressive. I think I definitely can't say that I would ever have done anything like that. So absolutely hats off to you. That's amazing. When you were kind of going through that process of getting your foot in the door and you were applying for either the maternity role or for your next role, did you have any tricks for making your application stand out or kind of giving a memorable interview or did it relate more to the fact that you had gone out and got yourself experience? I think I, because I was in the building a little bit, um, mainly at weekends, so I kind of got to know a lot of the weekend staff as opposed to like um, the core staff during the week. I kind of used that to my advantage. So I just did my best to find out exactly what makes a good application and fortunately enough there were people around me who were willing to give up their time to help me and I think with BBC and also Sky but I know BBC have boards they call their interviews board processes so you have to sit and you have to say certain words to score highly on these different topics that they ask you about Um, yeah so it was just if if you hadn't done a board before it was quite daunting I actually went for uh, two jobs in Berkshire first and I I was unsuccessful in my interview process and this the full-time position that I got that was my third interview with the BBC so that just shows if if you don't get it the first time try a few more times to be honest because it's just trying to get the right language and expressing yourself correctly and creatively to try and show that you're the best person for the job. And it does take a long time just to learn that, uh, which I feel, personally, I feel like it's quite an outdated process. But but yeah, I was quite lucky. The application, I think, just make sure you've got, you don't do it last minute. Make sure it looks like you've put effort in. Because if you really want something, I think you just, you just will. You'll take the time to ask people. And fortunately, the woman who presented that breakfast show, I remember actually going, asking her if she'd have coffee with me so that we could go through my application and she did and I was really grateful for that and I learned a lot from her. That sounds like a really generous thing for her to do to look out for someone who's up and coming. Yeah. Did you have anyone else who's kind of been like a, a mentor to you through your career? Oh I feel like I've had quite a few mentors in different respects but they like come and go so I feel like everyone who I work with I try and learn as much from them as as I possibly can in the time that I'm working from them because obviously when you're at the start of your career you need to be more of a sponge you need to have the attitude that you don't know everything yet and you need to ask as many questions so that maybe there might be one day where someone goes oh you know so and so's ill can you fill in and you're not shocked by that opportunity you just want to take it with both hands and say oh actually no I can do this I've also, in a team I'm in now, I'd say I have a few great mentors where I feel safe enough to ask them questions and know that they they respect me enough to just, you know, listen and and I never feel silly. I've, um, but sometimes you, you're not always lucky enough to be in a situation like that. Sometimes it's really difficult to approach people. But I would say if you want to learn and if there's a, someone that you feel comfortable talking to, always just ask questions no matter how silly they might be because at the end of the day, you don't have as much experience as they do. So how else are you going to learn? So far, no one has turned around and said, Ashley, that's a stupid question. Even though it probably was, they've always been nice enough to explain things to me. And I've always been very grateful for that. 
I love that advice be a sponge it's so fantastic <laughs> such a like it's it's so classic like growth mindset yeah. kind of brilliant attitude to have at the start of your career and it's great to hear your team supporting you in that yeah. and like you say not not saying oh that's a silly question or not having time because I think there can be this reputation of working in like media and in TV in particular where it can be really difficult to get started and to get people to help you and it seems like you've had a the opposite experience of that. Yeah I think I've been around some really amazing people um, in the start of my career and I'm super grateful for that but I do think it's partly because I'm always I'm the annoying person who's always asking those questions but you have to know how to do it in the right way and not be annoying and know when to speak and know when to shut up because if you're working in a live environment there are the right times to ask questions and there are definitely some really bad times to ask those questions because everyone is working under a certain amount of stress and yeah you just have to pick your moments and lots of the times we'll do like a program whether that's on the radio or on telly and I'll have a notebook and I'll write down things that I don't understand or I wonder how they did that or why they chose to ask that question in that way and why they didn't go about it in a different way. And I just think having that kind of debrief after a program or basically after any kind of um, live program I think that's always really important and you learn from every single show that you do you describe the creative process that you go through earlier to put your content together and especially using that process under the pressure of doing a live show you having that reflective process at the end seems like a great opportunity for you to not just learn but to really demonstrate that you want to be learning and that you're like committed and invested and doing all the right things yeah yeah you're very right I think it's really essential to reflect on things because not everything goes to plan obviously because you're working in live telly or live radio and things happen that you have to be able to quickly react to and I think it's really important as well as a team to be able to look back at a program talk about all the great things that went right and then talk about the things that we could have done better and just move on from there and like some people I think can home in on some of the negatives but I always try and look at them as learning curves and don't dwell on them too much like you're not always going to be perfect especially in the start of your career and when you do mess up or if something goes wrong then just acknowledge that maybe it was your fault or acknowledge what happened and just move on move forwards and try and not make the same mistake twice I love that we've got a similar thing um, that you get in user research and kind of uh, user experience more broadly which is um, like this idea of the prime directive right where it's kind of the saying that regardless of what we find out we understand and believe that everyone did the best job they did given what they knew at the time their skills abilities resources the situation and it kind of seems like you have a a sort of parallel thing where at least in your own attitude it is very like open and I imagine that that's something that would be quite reassuring to people thinking about going into tv that there are people like you and like your colleagues who are understanding of the learning experience yeah I think you have to be especially like with my team when they brought me on like I didn't have any experience in tv so I'm I'm still in shock I always say this to my boss I'm still in shock they even gave me the job but um I think having the right attitude you can't teach someone to have that you just have to show you're willing and show that you're willing to learn and you're motivated and you really want it and uh, yeah, there is some amazing people in this industry that I've had the pleasure of working with or alongside. But equally, you know, not everyone is 
going to be your best friend. So you just have to learn to work with different characters and different personalities. And I think you have to back yourself a little bit more. And I that's the thing that I struggled with. But as you get older, you get more confident in what you're doing. So you, you feel at ease expressing yourself a bit more, um, especially with experience comes confidence, I think. Definitely. We tend to see um, perhaps not so much in TV, I'm not sure, but in the sectors that I've worked in, I've tended to see quite a big gender gap in terms of the confidence people bring to their roles and the kind of the rate with which they develop their confidence in their roles. Yeah. And how have you seen that reflected in your industry? Is it similar or different? Oh, it's a really tricky one. <laughs> it's a really <laughs> tricky question. Um, obviously, I work in sports. So to say that uh, there's probably the same amount of women to men in our office is um, probably untrue. But I wouldn't say that it's made me feel any different because I'm a woman. I feel like I'm, I feel like my opinions and my ideas are very much respected and I'm well listened to in my team and in the wider sky as a whole I always think that they're doing their best to try and get opportunities for, for all that's the dream to hear that's yeah. absolutely fantastic no and I and I hear those conversations in the office all the time I know that they're always keen to get more women involved and I would say there's a lot of women on screen for sport which is fantastic to see but in my team specifically I am the only woman predominantly in the rugby team and I think there's eight of us which I think when I first started there there is another girl who um, does quite a lot with rugby but isn't directly in the team but when I first started I think that I felt maybe a little bit daunted by that but it was, mm. I think that was just my initial reaction to it like now I work there I, I feel very safe in that team and they're a lovely bunch to work with but yeah I would love, I'd love to have more women around but also with rugby we work as part of like a broader multi-sport team and that's headed by a woman Georgie Faulkner and it's it's great that she leads the entire department so it's nice to be working under a female as well. It's always brilliant to have someone who you can kind of look up to in a leadership role like that yeah. but it's also really nice when you know even if you're the only woman in your team when you're able to just work with your colleagues and not feel that there's that distinction it's always such a nice place to get to yeah I think it is and it's not always been like that but I definitely think in the like where I am now I see women making some amazing content all the time and they're so supportive of each other that's the kind of environment I want to be in so I like some of the work that I've done I've gone to other women under like the multi-branch so that's like boxing NFL NBA darts loads of different sports that they cover and I've felt comfortable enough to just reach out to them and say look can we grab a coffee and can we have a chat but equally I've done that with the guys in the team as well so I don't think when I go to work I don't think about that so much mm. not within the industry anyway but I know that's probably a factor for quite a few people I've got to say I'm loving your approach of reaching out to people for a coffee because pre-lockdown that was my favorite way to get any kind of like mentoring yeah. or guidance from people be like I'll give you a coffee you let me pick your brains <laughs> yeah. it's just so much nicer than trying to kind of book a meeting room or whatever yeah and you know what like I think that is the best way because when you go for coffee you're so relaxed and fortunately when well when we were working at Sky although I'm working from my dining room table at the moment when we were there you know you can just ping someone an email and you don't you don't really well I know I've done that before and I've and I didn't know them. And I was like, look, I just I just want to learn a bit more about this. And I just wondered if you had any time spare. 
uh, be great to grab a coffee and and nine times out of ten people are more than willing to help you and that goes to people within this industry and also outside of it even because I remember when I when I was in radio and I was thinking about taking the jump to TV and I was trying to get experience and uh, I was work I think I was working at a pub or something and one one of the people there were like oh I know someone who works in sport in telly and I was like oh well, do you what's like what's her name please tell me and I'll, and I'll reach he was like I'll speak to her and we'll try and get a coffee sorted and that's exactly what happened and she managed to at least Aww. paint a picture of what it was like and I knew from then that I definitely wanted to, to do it I'd say also when you're looking to get into an industry you know tell people that you want to do that because you never know who you're going to meet who you're going to come across and at the time like I was working I did like some shifts at the pub and I used to meet so many different people and if we ever got into conversation that's how a lot of my connections were formed to be honest so it's so true people are always so keen to help like you say and you never know who you're going to run into and and I think it's also it kind of helps you stay accountable to your dream if you actually say it out loud and people know what you're working towards there's something quite motivating about that yeah you know what there is and I think it's really empowering because I I don't know why but I always felt when I when I said oh I want to work in telly or I want to work on the radio when I said that to people like not not everyone but some people were quite dismissive of it and thought it was probably like more of a pipe dream and like because I'd done other things like mm, like will they ever be able to do it and maybe not to my confidence a bit but if you like if you believe that that's what you want to do like I knew I wasn't gonna stop until like a door opened in some avenue or aspect somewhere and I think saying it out loud and saying oh you know I'm really keen to do this you should be proud of that you should be proud that you're trying to pave the way and start your career and also you can have some really interesting conversations with people and I've just by saying to someone like in the pub oh or I do go to other places rather than the pub because I work there I've just got that <laughs> on my brain but when you're like watching sport obviously people do that at the pub quite a bit just getting some feedback just from people about what they like about the program and stuff like that and I was just talking about that in my day-to-day life way before I started at Sky you know I really liked how they did this and that and so I was allowed to, I kind of brought that into my interview when I went there as well just yeah I guess I was always kind of talking about it and learning about it and thinking about it from quite a young age anyway. It sounds like you have so many kind of sources of inspiration from it being like obviously quite a passion of yours and something that you know you've been able to enjoy at different stages of your life and you mentioned earlier that you've got people like Georgie Faulkner heading your department what do you find is like the best source of work inspiration for you? I think I knew a few of my friends had gone into the industry so I kind of watched their stories via like social media and I kind of got glimpses into their life and I thought that's something I'm really interested in and I know I reached out to some of them Um, I've got a friend who works for BBC Sports she actually reads the sports bulletins on like Radio 2 now yeah she was actually at BBC Radio Solent like a few months before I was and then she left and I I feel like it's always just keeping those connections and learning from each other so we then had a coffee and talked about our experience but it's not just people like reaching out to people it's also things like listening to podcasts that helps with my inspiration and different ideas watching other people's output so rugby in particular when the rugby world cup was on last year looking at other people other broadcasters seeing the ideas that they were coming up with it's always like quite interesting just to watch other people's programs when you're working in telly or like if you want to do presenting 
watching certain presenters, how they like, I don't know, how they deal with different situations on, on the telly, whether that's in sport, whether that's, you know, daytime TV or whatever, how they, their image, like how they want to be seen, how they present themselves. I think you can learn a lot just by watching um, output and listening to different things, whether that's radio and what, and what have you. You're always going to learn something or be influenced somehow. Um, and yeah, I just did a lot of that. It sounds genuinely like so many different ranges of input into your career that you're feeding from it it just keeps reminding me of that sponge metaphor you said earlier you're so open to all of these different influences it's really I know and like I always think like when I was at school and I remember if like the teacher would say who wants to watch a film or who wants to watch the tv and we'd all be like yeah and then now I think like oh I get to do that as part of my job as part of research like (laughs) you know when you're like every day is like great day at school where they switch the telly on so yeah it's, it's really nice I really enjoy it obviously you described some of the things that you find inspiring there what is your favorite part of the role is there any kind of one thing where if you know that's coming up in your day you get out of bed with a spring in your step oh there's so much that I love about my job I know I keep saying that but every day is different I get to work in a live environment I'm quite an excitable person and I'm very enthusiastic when it comes to working in these crazy environments and meeting all these amazing people and I don't know I just feel like that gives me such a buzz and also when I produced a bit of work like some sort of montage that I know is going to go out on the telly then when I'm in the truck watching our program go out and then watching my piece of work go out it's like a huge sense of pride and you think all that was worth it and then we get the figures back of how many people viewed the program and you think oh my goodness all those people saw my work and that to me is really really exciting like I love creating meaningful content that is gonna move people in some way and uh, I want to continue doing that for a very long time. Do you have kind of favorite shot that you're the most proud of or a piece of content where when someone asks you to think of your best work it just comes straight to mind? Probably yeah I think This year for me, working at Sky has been amazing because I've learnt so much. I mean, coming from a radio background where I was just working with audio and now I have to like put audio and footage together. It probably to to anyone, it probably is, they're like, oh, it doesn't, you know, that sounds easy, but it's not. (laughs) It takes like, it takes real, like real skill and I've had to really work hard to try and understand how the world of telly works um but it's been so eye-opening and so creative and I get to work with these people with amazing ideas and I think a piece of work I'm super proud of this year which I never thought I would be doing in my first year at Sky is a digital show that I presented and produced wow that's awesome yeah and it was yeah very unexpected basically in February we we were broadcasters the women's six nations and it's always part of our job to think of content strategies and how we're going to go about broadcasting it but also what we're going to do online on our digital platforms and I was trying to think of different ideas and I knew I've done a bit of presenting in the past and I know that it's something I really enjoy and I want to incorporate that into my job role a little bit more so I thought if I want to do it I need to create an opportunity where I can help our overall programming and show and also be able to do something that I know that I love doing so I pitched the idea of a roundup show every week after the weekend of games where I'd I'd go through the games I'd pick out the best 
almost niche moments, the funniest bits. I'd look on social media. I'd find people interacting with the show online. I'd get people to record um, little videos for it, like former athletes, but also just people who I saw on Twitter that were watching it. I'd like message them and be like, do you want to send a good luck message to a team or what have you? And I was able to then every week put that together and present the links. And it was like my little baby for six or so weeks. Um, and I was really, really chuffed to one, be able to be trusted to have that opportunity, but also that I backed myself enough to even pitch the idea because I mean, maybe a year, two years ago, I definitely wouldn't have had the confidence to do that. And uh, yeah, I guess sometimes you have to create your own opportunities as well. And I'm really chuffed that I had the nerve to say, look, I've got this idea. And my team were really, really, really supportive of it. And um, yeah, it gave me free reign to an extent. <laughs> But yeah, it was really amazing to be in a team that are going to support you like that. And I'm, yeah, really happy that they gave me that opportunity. That's an amazing opportunity. And to have come up with it, pitched it and then carried it through yeah. is just such an achievement, especially, you know, like you say, you've been at Sky for a year. You're new to television. That's just mind-blowingly bold <laughs> yeah it was a bit to bold. have been able to pull off it's fantastic yeah but I kind of thought that as well I thought they're gonna just laugh in my face well but they, of course they didn't of course like no, everything they have it goes not. through the process but um yeah I was like I came out of that I think my boss was like oh this is quite a good idea and I was like I was like my heart was going I was like yes 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 and then when it actually came <laughs> off like, I was like as you can tell I just get excited even thinking about it and I'm excited for the next one that I can think of. <laughs> so yeah, that's really Definitely. good. And there's so much about working in creative industries that are about proving your ideas. Yeah. And to be able to get something like that on your record is just so amazing. And, you know, next time you have an idea now, it kind of smooths that way for you a little bit. You can say, look, my track record is great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, 100% so far. Exactly. So yeah, I think it's all about believing in yourself and it does take a lot of time to get to that point. But yeah, and even then I was still very nervous about it, but I'm so pleased and I'm trying to do all I can for women's sport in general. So it's really nice to be able to work with them and work with the players, etc. And and yeah, put it out on our, all our all of our platforms. I think it went on, so it's great. Oh, fantastic! And do you have a kind of idea of what your next goal is? Is it something along those lines, or do you have a kind of five year plan for your career? Oh, it's so hard because obviously we're in lockdown at the moment, and sport is slowly but surely coming back. So I, I guess I just I don't know what's happening or what little avenues are going to open up at the moment. But I know. More broadly, I definitely want to do incorporate more presenting and reporting into my role. But equally, I'm really excited about producing more content and for different sports because I get to, uh, when we don't have rugby, I get to work on darts or netball or NBA or boxing. And I, it's so nice to be able to have those different avenues to explore. So I think just learning about different sports as well, which will be really great. In terms of a five-year plan, I don't like to... I don't ever like to say them out loud because I do feel like I write them down and then I just put them away and I think to myself, how am I going to get there and try and build a, a roadmap? So I kind of feel like I know where I want to be, but I just wouldn't want to jinx it. Yeah. <laughs> I can completely relate to that. Sometimes, you know, you just want to keep it to yourself for a little while and see like how viable that part exactly, is. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Very relatable. And so you mentioned earlier that obviously you're kind of working from your dining room table at the moment. 
how has lockdown affected your career because obviously sports have stopped yeah. like the way that we approach tv is completely different from the looks of things yeah what's that been like for you yeah it's been mad <laughs> it's been um a bit of a roller coaster if i'm completely honest i think we at sky we kind of were told that we'd have a trial work from home day and then we just never went back to work oh, no. yeah so like, I didn't really even say goodbye to my team when I left I was like cool see you like the day after tomorrow um and never went back again but hopefully that'll soon change but yeah my obviously my role is mainly about making tv and it's quite difficult and challenging from your dining room table where you're not around your team or you don't get to see people or talk about ideas but you know we've been really good we have lots of meetings to discuss potential ideas and things that are happening everyone's got super good at zoom I think oh yeah absolutely. <laughs> so it was kind of just getting to know this new way of working and producing different content my job has changed a little bit but not too much I've spent a lot of my time making videos which has been great so I've niched a few new skills I'm still not a fantastic, fantastic. still not a fantastic editor but I'm doing my doing my hardest <laughs> but again it's these moments that you don't plan for where you just have to think it isn't permanent it's a difficult time for everyone and if I can spend this time trying to learn new skills then that's hopefully going to be able to make me more employable and make me more I don't know more keen to do other things if I'm ever needed to do them I can always put my hand up um my job has changed but um I'm trying to see it as a positive and I know that things will probably go back to a new kind of normal and I'm just gonna come out of lockdown with loads of different things that I've learned so yeah absolutely again it's that it's all about being that sponge isn't it exactly. and like being proactive using all of your opportunities and what I'm now already starting to think of is a classic Ashley. So, you know, if you've made that impression in, you know, like 40 minutes, that's oh, thank you so very you. impressive. Oh, that's really <laughs> sweet. Thank you. I think um, it's my journey in particular, I would say, although I like look at it in a positive, like always try and look at things in a positive light, it's not always easy. And people who are listening to this who want to get into this kind of industry, don't be disheartened if the first time it doesn't work or the second time it doesn't work. Just try your best to get as much work experience under your belt. And I know it sucks because like, I, I did so much work unpaid, like a lot of work unpaid. And I was squeezing in, like you say, like with these crazy hours as well. But I just think if you're persistent enough without being annoying, someone will let you in. And I think it's just, yeah, just keeping your head down. And if you want it, you're definitely, it's definitely going to come off no matter how old you are as well. I always think people feel like age is a barrier and uh, it doesn't matter if you're in your 20s, your 30s or 40s and want a career change. Like People are open-minded and people should, you know, the people you reach out to who don't want to speak to you are not people you want to work with. So Definitely, 100%. And like you say, just making the most of those opportunities yeah. and not waiting for them to come to you, but going and seeking them out it will kind of show that regardless of where you are in your life, you're still committed to learning something new and really investing in your career. Yeah, exactly. I always think that going into an interview, um, you've got a certain amount of time to make an impression. I want to be the person who they really want to work with. I feel like you can always teach people skills. And as long as you look like, like we say, the sponge, as long as you look like someone who really wants to be there and is really passionate about what they're doing, 
you can't teach that. So if that's how you feel, then make sure that when you're going into these interviews, when you're doing this stuff, make sure that comes across because there's going to be lots of people going for the same jobs and you want to be the person that sticks in their mind, hopefully. Definitely, especially in such a competitive industry. You know, there's so many people wanting that one role. We want to be that person who stands out and who they can see in their day-to-day as being someone who is fun to work with yeah. as well as being helpful and learning exactly and like you have, you have to spend you know eight plus hours a day with this person so that's something to bear in mind as well because you know if you were the one interviewing someone and they just came in and they just they could answer the questions really well but like they just didn't look like they wanted to be there you wouldn't want them in your team you, you just need to be that person that's gonna yeah add something to it so yeah hopefully I'm doing that with my team but I don't know <laughs> fingers crossed it definitely sounds like you are. Oh, yeah, I hope so. I really hope so. I'm sure you are. Ashley, thank you so much for joining us today, for your time and your advice. I'm sure that our listeners will be really grateful to hear from someone who has navigated that challenging entry into the world of TV and done it so successfully. Listeners, I recommend that you check out Ashley on Twitter and Instagram. She's Ashley underscore Wilmot and links will be in the bio to that. If you want to ask any questions about careers, remember that you can always submit your questions to us via Twitter, Instagram or stridewomen.com forward slash ask and we will do our best to chat through them in our Stride Talks episodes which are coming up. Ashley, thank you again for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. And wish you all the best of luck as you carry on with your career. Thanks so much, Sophie, for having me. And I wish um, you the best of luck with this podcast and also to anyone who is navigating their entry into media. You can subscribe to our podcasts on Spotify and Anchor and make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter for the latest updates. We're at stride underscore women. See you soon.